The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. started we have a long distance dedication really is this like a wolfman jack sort of thing yeah sort of like that this request comes to us from a sometimes listener who wants to dedicate a special song to a very special person who has in a sense moved far away so she writes dear those guys with ships what have you done to my husband he used to be a stalwart and reasonable man. My husband has taken spray cans and painted our family car yellow and blue. Oh no. He has somehow acquired a personalized license plate for it, for the car, which reads poop. Oh no. <laughs> On oh family road trips, he forces us to listen to your show. We have just returned from vacation, a vacation on which I had hoped my husband would regain some real life perspective. He did not. While on a kayaking excursion with several other families, my husband shouted out, Hey, I'm Turd. You're Mrs. Turd. We're the Turds. Turds oh, no. floating down the Russian River. Oh, Get no. it? Amazing. Can you please play Get Your Head Out of Your Ass by Dr. Digital One for my husband? The letter is signed, with warmest possible regards, Mrs. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Turd, for your letter. Creating marital strife. We can't play music on the show, but I will include a link in the show notes. <laughs> Having met Turd, I'm just picturing right now him actually painting a car yellow and blue and then listening to that. It, uh, obviously, poop on a license plate is quite possibly the best thing ever. <laughs> this is true. Oh, it boy. is. It really, really is. <laughs> Turd, keep it up. Don't listen to your woman. She's crazy. You're fine. <laughs> Exactly, Turd. Everything is good, Turd. Coming from us. In, in Turd we trust. In Follow turd the trust. Turd. The way Mrs. of the Turd. Mrs. Ferguson, I feel terribly for you. Uh, my wife would send her condolences if she could be on the podcast. Uh, she understands the pain of having to listen to podcast episodes on road trips. Being a those guy's wife. <laughs> Being a those it's guys' a badge wife. Of, it's a it's a badge of honor and or pain. <laughs> the better See, half I, of every guy. I, I don't have that problem. My wife just tells me no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my you know it's amazing. My phone just disappears whenever we try to do that. It's it's one of how these things happen. Oh, your battery ran out. Are you sure? Really? Well, you're driving. Watch the road. No, it really did die. Um, okay. <laughs> All done now. She wouldn't lie to me. All righty then. So guys, how are we doing? Good. Good. Swimmingly. All right. So we have, yes, we have pulled out all the stops. We will leave no stone unexplored, no avenue unturned. We will get Mark Cow, Mad Mark, call him what you will. We will get him to come back to our show. Today is Mark 6th, 
2947. You see what I did there? <laughs> wow. And you are tuned to episode number 143 of our show. We are those guys with ships, and this is the Verse Cast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. Mark, Mark, I think I think we can officially call this um, show shaming. Show shaming. Apparently. <laughs> Marcusode. Marcusode. Number 143. We're, we're di- Marcusode. Ooh, I wish Ooh, I would have thought of that. That is a good Do one. Do not oh. feed Gleep puns. <laughs> has enough trouble as it is. Is it really trouble, though? <laughs> yes. No. I think not. It's delightful. Um, so we have dedicated this entire month to you, Mark. It is now the month of Mark. Excellent. Wow. I like the way this is going already. <laughs> so welcome back. All righty. And so um, it's time for, uh, yes, because it's been a while, another Those Guys With Ships 12-second spoiler-free movie review. I know two of us have seen it. I know two of us haven't. That equals four. That's how many of us there are here. It adds up. Jimmy, you and I have seen Logan. One of <clears throat> one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Um, incredible character de- development, incredible acting. True to the true to the characters, true to the story. Um, I loved every second of it, uh, and they finally did Wolverine complete and total justice. I thought it was fantastic. It was. I thought that it was of all the superhero movies I've ever seen. I thought it was more like a movie movie, more yeah. like a film. Movie. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. It was very much like, um, oh god, what was that one movie? Um, you know, that one movie. Everybody out there knows that one movie, right? Yeah, the um, one movie. The, the one movie with the French actress actor uh, who played an assassin and um, uh, oh, with um, with Natalie Portman, Jean yes. Reno, and yes, uh, yes, yes, the professional. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very, very reminiscent of the professional. Interesting. All right, Jimmy. There we go. Sorry, my push to talk's being weird. Um, so yeah, no, very, very reminiscent of the professional, in my opinion. Um, and and just and like, I I, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to spoil anything. But like, they they stayed true to character. They stayed true to um, to illness. They they. It was just—it was very well done. I mean, it really was well done. And um, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman had said that, like, you know, this was kind of a love letter to fans. Mm-hmm. Totally buy it. Mm. Um, I would say it's not too early for Oscar buzz for both him and Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Really, Fantastic really strong performance. Um, now, what's funny is I, w- I saw the movie yesterday at a matinee. And then the missus and I came home and we were hanging out on the couch. We decided we were like, oh, Doctor Strange is available. Uh, That's cool because we didn't have a chance to see it in the theaters. We watched Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange and we went from, in my opinion, the best that Marvel has to offer to the worst that Marvel has to offer. Really? Interesting. I did not like Doctor Strange in the least. But the The, Cumberbatch. I enjoyed it. What? You know what? Yeah. He, he was he played House all all the the entire movie he played Doctor House. That's true. Uh, I, I have heard I have heard the movie sometimes referred to as Mystical Iron Man, which it, is not that far off. Here, here's the thing: I, I don't I like Doctor Strange, and I liked the original comics, which had a little bit more of a creepy, spooky edge to it. But take that aside: if you take out all of the special effects and all of the Matrix Inception ish, ooh, look at how weird everything is. The dialogue was trite, and the acting was mediocre, and the story was weak. 
Hmm. Man, Jackson, tell us how you really wow. feel. Wow, this guy really came off of a buzz and just completely I, killed it with something else. I, I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say Logan ruined Doctor Strange wow. for me. Yeah, I, honestly, yes, definitely. You know, that's, okay, that's a lot. What it sounds like. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Thirty second or less responses. R rating. Good. Not so good. Yeah, you good. couldn't have told that story if it wasn't rated R. Uh, yeah, it it was. It, it earned that R honestly and, and you know and it wasn't it wasn't done you know it wasn't done for the sake of you know uh, the president of Hollywood demands superhero movie rated R um, it was done because nope. if, if you're familiar with the, with that story if you're familiar with that comic you can't tell that story any other way it's it's a dark story and it's a violent story and it's a bloody story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep bring your ungun team and, you know and that's the thing is like like I had read somewhere after Deadpool that like everybody in Hollywood freaked out and were like we have to start making R-rated movies and then like we heard that there was a mad rush to for DC to put together a, an R-rated soup soup soups v, uh, v bats uh, director's cut and it's just like that really pissed me off because it's like the wrong lesson right it's the wrong lesson to take away the the you have to be true to the characters and in the case of a Deadpool that kind of screams an R rating. Um, really, and Wolverine is kind of an R-rated superhero. He's an R-rated superhero, without question. It really just yeah. depends on the superhero. Right. Whereas Batman versus Superman, or, or Batman and Superman, they are not R-rated superheroes. Don't make R-rated Batman and super, Superman movies. It's a, against the tone of the character. Mm-hmm. I could see an R-rated Batman movie yeah. because he can sometimes stray into the, the very dark realm. But I believe you are definitely right when it comes to Superman. Yeah. Superman, by by definition, is not supposed to be an R-rated character. He's supposed to be a paragon. But even like a good example is Dark Knight. Dark Knight, Dark Knight, in my opinion, was was really a perfect, um, a perfect Batman and a perfect Batman story. And you know, I thought um, the the joke or the casting, the scripts, everything was was perfect. And it it was dark, but it still maintained a PG thirteen rating. And Batman didn't kill people. Um, so. You know, for me, I, I think um, it's all about tone, and for Logan, the tone was perfect. Good to know. All right, so um, that's the first twenty-four seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Ace, what do you think about Logan? Schnick. I, I got my joke in. I will. I will. I will get back to you on that. <laughs> and that concludes another Those Guys with Ships twelve-second spoiler-free movie review. Dun, 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 dun. 12 seconds? Yeah, it was supposed that to be 12, 12, seconds, 12 seconds, Jimmy. It was, it was supposed to be 12 seconds. Please. We can't do... That didn't happen. We can't do anything in 12 seconds. Look at look at my notes. I could say... <laughs> I, I, four seconds for each of those little three-letter words, I could have done it. Uh-huh. I feel like mine was pretty close. Schnicked. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, snar, I sneer at your 12-second... Uh, He's never done anything movie. in 12 seconds. I feel, sne- I feel sneered. All right, and before we get too far away, I do want to point out, I put a link in the show notes. You guys, on your, on your own time, on, on your own dime, uh, go out there and listen to Get Your Head Out of Your Ass. It's I a did. a song, yes. and it's a lot better I than did I as well. it was going to be. That's, That's fantastic. Just, that gentleman has <laughs> one heck of a set of teeth. That's all I can say. And a brilliant falsetto. <laughs> he, he does. It's amazing what you can do with helium. Man, chipmunks are amazing. All right. Okay, well, you know, hey, Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast, what do you say we talk about some Star Citizen? Uh, there's a fair Probably bit to talk important. about. Yes, please. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we did get a production schedule report uh, update finally. It came out on the 3rd, so that would be, what, uh, three days ago? And uh, the aim date for 2.6.2 is March 23rd, and it is, and I'm paraphrasing here, intended to be a further bug fixing slash polish patch with the main aim of improving the player experience and building upon the feature foundations we introduced in 2.6.0 and further built upon in 2.6.1. We also hope to include other improvements to the player experience, such as the multiplayer megabap, support for non-16 by 9 screen resolutions, fixes for the arena commander and star marine lobbies, and more general bug fixes. Uh, so nothing in there about 3.0 or Squad 42, but um, on the town hall or in during the town hall. Uh, this last week, one of the guys that they were talking to slipped regarding 2.7, so it does appear like we're getting a 2.7. We're not jumping straight to 3.0 after 2.6. I I would guess 2.7 is basically the foundation for 3.0. I would guess that the, or the goal, a foundation. Yeah, I would. I would guess the goal is to get the game as steady, as stable as it can be with, um, you know, two point two point six point two, uh, and then go into two point seven as a foundational leading up for three point zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a two point seven point one too. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, I, or I wonder how much of two point seven will be under the hood. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, I don't. They they wouldn't talk. You'd be hearing about features, I think. You guys agree or disagree that if like 2.7 was a feature-based release, we would be hearing about it? You know, I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Agreed. I I remember watching the town hall, and I don't recall that happening. I mean, I, mean, I believe it did. I mean, it, it, I I'll be honest. I watch it during work when I should be working. Put in a little headphone. <laughs> pretend like I'm pretend like I'm working on something important while really I'm just don't mind doing me. that. But occasionally I do have to take a call or you know some some client wants help with something. I got to talk to him or whatever. That's yeah. all right. Work. So uh, and like now call on line one. Can't hit my pause button fast enough and I miss a few sentences. But um, <laughs> are we sure that was actually they are indeed is, is a two point seven thing? Or are they referring perhaps to when two point seven was two point seven? Do we really know? Well, what he what he said was. And I don't remember exactly the context of what they were talking about, but what he said was, uh, blah, 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 2.7, and then shortly thereafter said, oh, did I say something I wasn't supposed to? Oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, uh, the uh, the newsletter this week, uh, not, not a whole lot there caught my notice. Um, work is continuing. Progresses are being made, uh, both internally and with external business partners. They uh, He talked a bit about uh, GDC, uh, which we'll be talking about um, a little bit uh, in, in, a, in a bit here, um, and uh, the work that they're doing with uh, Amazon. So, you know, they have external relationships that they're developing and building upon uh, as well, which are important to the development of the game so that's all happening and uh it's exactly what should be happening and so it's all good um all right so anvil issues a storm warning the anvil hurricane here we am dun 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 rock you like a hurricane i'm gonna be honest as soon as i saw the come press on, release on, for on, this i knew that Gleep would make a rocket like a hurricane reference at some point in a podcast episode. Scorps. Uh, like, well, I know what's going to happen. You have to. Scorps. Wow. The, uh, the glass cannon of the universe. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited for this ship, but man, with all the ships that CIG has that have bubble cockpit turrets, they really need to dial in the turret system. Yeah. Well, let's explain to the folks first what the ship is. 
Okay, in one breath. Here you go, Gleep. The entire thing. Meet the A-4A Hurricane, a fighting spacecraft that packs a deadly punch in a slight fuselage, into a slight fuselage. Okay. <laughs> the spacecraft compensates for its lack of creature comforts with its powerful armament, boasting six guns capable of blasting their way through nearly anything. Hurricane pilots have yet to find an enemy shield they can't knock down. Be warned, this is not a ship for beginners. Mastering her unique ratio of heavy weapons and little armor requires a particular mix of marksman and dogfighter. Naval pilots serving with hurricane squadrons have fallen in love with the exclusively offensive design. Their peers' constant refrain of, are you having a little ship with your guns, has served only to further distinguish the flights of six shooters. Standard model hurricanes currently ship with six K-Bar 11 series broadsword cannons, two are gimbaled on the size four nose hardpoints, and four on the size three turret slots and four FSKI Ignite missiles for the size three missile bay hardpoints. First blooded against the, I guess that's a verb to be blooded, uh, against the Tavarin near the end of the Second War, Anvil resurrected the classic hurricane in response to increased Vanduul attacks in the late 29th century. The fighter still serves with distinction in multiple branches of the UEE military and will become available for the civilian market in 2947. Guess what guys? It's 2947. Holy moly. <laughs> Go figure. So, that means I know, you right? One now. Yeah. So did anybody pick one up? No. Nope. Ace, I'm kind of surprised you didn't take a look at that. Did you consider it at all? Um, I'm kind of all ship purchased out at the moment, honestly. So you don't really, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really even consider any other ones at this point. Yeah. At this point, my, my collection is fairly well solidified. Okay. Um, I like the design. It's a neat-looking ship, uh, but I already have a, uh, a Super Hornet, personally, mm-hmm. and I like my Super Hornet. I really do. Uh, it the Super Hornet. I may I might remind you has a secondary turret slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a pretty tanky ship, um, and I have a saber if I want to do some dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the move back towards military green. Um, if there were ever a reason for me to consider going back to the Gladius over the uh, the saber, it's because I love the Gladius's styling. I just that ship is just screams sexy to me. Um, yeah, this one not so much. Um, it looks like a gladiator. It looks it looks, it looks like a gladiator and a Gladius had a baby. Honestly, hmm. it's got the gladiator's <laughs> rear end. It's got the green styling and angled, aggressive nose of a gladiator with the gun sticking out front. Or a gladius with the nose sticking out front. And it's got that same light armor style. Um, I am I, as excited as I am for the, the you know, the, as much breadth for ships that we have. I am a little burnt out on, on buying new ships. Like, I'm, I'm just sort of at this point... Waiting for more mechanics and stuff to come down the line. Another thing is, is of course, um, as awesome as this ship is, I know that when it comes out for flight, it's not going to feel fantastic or fly very well, um, or not be very effective in combat, only because that secondary bubble cockpit at the top is going to be vitally necessary for making full use of this thing, and CIG has yet to really dial in 
the turret combat mechanics. Well, yeah, but if they're doing the, the, the front mount, if they're doing it the same way that they're doing the Hornet, then it still is very viable for a single pilot. Yeah, it'll be slaved with the other ones that they do with the mm -hmm. Hornet, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, and I can see that possibly being the case. I mean, I guess, I guess if we're pointing out the Cutlass is the same way. The Cutlass has a possibly manned turret. Well, I don't wasn't, know. Wasn't that in the in one of the Q and A's? Yeah, I, I think it? in the first part it was actually. And seeing as we have the notes here, I'm sure we could check that very quickly. Yeah. But yeah. Said, ah, it was the very first question mark. Can the turret be slaved like yes. the Super Hornet? Uh, the most upvoted question in the Q and A thread. Go figure. Yeah. Um, so I think the answer in here is yes. Well, to be honest, putting six of those on target with, you know, mm -hmm. a single a single press, that's a that's a whole lot of firepower coming out there. So I can yep. understand that. So Ace, did you uh, consider um, upgrading to the wildfire in the flash sale? I love my Super Hornet. Well, I... Isn't that what the wildfire is? Isn't, isn't it the Super Hornet it with uh, some ex extra stuff? Correct. It is it's a, not. It's, a, it's an F7C. What's that? A regular Hornet? It's a regular standard Hornet. Oh, no one likes a red. Get out of here, regular Hornet. With a, with a, I mean, it's, it's. I will say this. Uh, unlike an F7C standard, the Wildfire does have the turret mount up top. Mm -hmm. But it does not have a secondary crew compartment. Well, you know what? We don't even want to talk about this. You can't put fancy paint on a, on a jalopy. All right, get this out of here. We're done with this. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, but uh, part of the reason I want my Super Hornet is because it has a secondary seat. Um, and you like sharing? I see some great... I, I want to... I, I would love to share. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be able to... to I, I would like, you know, one of these days, depending upon wherever the functionality goes, one of the things that I thought about doing for the Super Hornet that I've always thought would be a neat idea is turning it into a Ford operating like command and con uh, control ship for back rubbing? by putting the uh, secondary seat, slaving it to the the tracker's radar dish. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So drop the tracker's radar dish in the turret slot on the back of a Super Hornet, and then have a pilot up front, and then someone who can do sort of AWACS style command and control from the back seat. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I want to, uh, Ace, before we move on, I want to uh, speak to one of the points that you made, because I've heard this discussed on other shows, um, about being a bit burned out on uh, new ship purchases. And I think that that is entirely reasonable and appropriate for folks that have been backing as long as we have, because we've gone through our period, some of us more than others, of, uh, <laughs> of changing inventory. And I think that we, uh, I know that I certainly have slowed down on that um, in the last uh, several months just because I've got what I want now. No. But I, but I think that um, for people, and you, you watch the numbers, they're going up every week of new citizens joining, uh, that for those folks, they haven't had that experience yet. So and, these, I, and I fully these ships support. ships are, are, are for them. They're not, I, they may not be not for, for us. They're not for us. Right. No, and I, I totally agree with that, and I, I understand that. Um, uh, that is that is not my problem at all with, with it. It's like you said, it's like we have been doing this for four years. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, if you look at the Q&A, or the Q&A, the, uh, the announcement for the, um, the hurricane, mm -hmm. in the announcement at the very bottom is a list of, like, similar articles. And the one right next to it is Aurora Revealed, posted four years ago. <laughs> and it's like, there is there is a little bit of that. Like, I I am super excited for some of these ships. 
Uh, and I'm very curious to climb into somebody's hurricane to give it a try. Boy, that sounds real suggestive, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you said it. Just keep going, buddy. Don't stop now. Just, yeah, just roll with it. Um, I am very curious to try and climbing in one of these things and flying it around and see what it's like. Um, but I am, like you said, pretty well like solidified in my purchasing of ships. I may go back at some point. Weren't there variants for the Gladius? Weren't there? There, there. I remember there being uh, the Gladius. Yeah, weren't there weren't there like like the like the wildfire? Weren't there like uh, loadout variants for the Gladius at one point? Well, the, there was the the Aces um, uh, sale that went where I got the Avenger. Um, there was uh, like the, the right, yeah, the thing with the Avenger. There was one for Avenger. There, there was, was one, one for the Gladius. One for the Gladius. One for the yes. That's where the wildfire came from, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There was another one for that. Uh, we'll call it the um, the swamp thing, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, it's the swamp thing. So you have the Gladius swamp thing. If I ever decide to sell sell or retire my saber, I may go for the Gladius swamp thing at some point. That's a good choice. I I like that. I love that styling, that design, and I do do really enjoy flying the Gladius more than I do. The saber is a nice ship, but it's not like, I don't know. I I still fly, I think of all the ships that I own, uh, I still fly the Super Hornet more often than anything else. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's um, I've I've got one as a loner on my terrapin, and uh, when I when I'm out when I when I am out there, I, I do like it. God, the terrapin. Doesn't Jonto have oh. one? I believe Jonto has one too, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Super oh, oh yeah. If if you've been you know following the game for you know two three four years, you you pretty much have a good idea of what it is that you want to be in game, and yeah, there's a ship that fits your style. And I yeah. think it's pretty safe to say, like, I mean, you guys know historically, I don't really do a whole lot of melting. Uh, this ship is cool, but I'm like Ace. I actually am very happy with my Super Hornet. For for just the pew-pew-pew aspect of it, I, you know, flying something a bit heavier and a bit slower um, with that weapon complement is kind of all I need. Um, and I think that, the, that a lot of us are just kind of in that groove where it's like we've backed, we've supported the game, we're excited about the game, but we've kind of got the ships that we want to have. So now it's really kind of a wait and see. And I think, you know, for all of us, at least, you know, I can, I can only speak for myself, but like with 2.6, I can get through everything in 2.6 in about two hours, you know, an hour. If You've I'm not, done all the things. Right. From, from going to every hangar and dropping every ship to going, um, you know, to Port Alisar to, uh, or to going, going into Crusader to doing a little uh, Star Marine to doing a little Arena Commander, two hours max, it's, and, and you go through everything once. And I would like to have a reason to get pulled back into the game more and more and more. And I'm pretty sure that we'll see that when 3.0 drops. I feel Ooh. like there's probably a lot of Star Citizen backers who aren't new, who are like just sort of like chilling. Waiting yeah. for 3.0. Waiting for 3.0. Because mm-hmm. the thing standard. is, when, well, and when, three, when, when 3.0 drops, there's going to be reasons for Ace's Flight School to come back because we're going to have the space to do it and the reasons to do it. There's going to be, you know, hours of exploration going on to different planets. There's going to be, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's going to be as feature-rich as we would like it to be, but it's going to be a gigantic sandbox and we should be able to stay busy. Agreed. Mark? Mark, didn't you say uh, that you uh, saw on uh, Citizens of the Stars today that uh, there was a reveal about mining being included in 3.0? Yes, all about spelunking. Um, mm. Yeah, no, they <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, actually, uh, 
Jeez, Brian Chambers? No. Yes. Oh, really? See the guy. Really? Who's the head of the the Frankfurt office? Oh, the that golden locked devil. Yeah, isn't that Brian Chambers? Harry, it is. Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. That is not Harry Belafonte. Said that you can I'm take so that back. Lost. Not only can you get Who's your swamping gladius, but you can also. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, yeah, he did. He said um, in their in their uh, was it their two minute questioning thing, whatever they call it, where they do uh, they take questions or whatever. He did. He said oh, uh, speed round. Yeah. yeah, they're so they're slating mining for three point oh. Guaranteed. Nice. Right. He said it. Three point mining is in. So, so we'll have we'll have mining, we'll have cargo, cargo. hauling, we'll have um, uh, mercenary missions and bounty hunter missions. Correct. Yeah. So assuming they can smuggling. pull all this off, it will be a hell of a patch. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's just it. You know, people brought up. You know, well, hey, I mean, you're doing these things. They're kind of you know, getting this assumption thing, or they're working on the net code, and the other guys are sitting there. They're not going to sit there on their thumbs. They're going to continue working on stuff. So oh, look at that. The design guys got some. Uh, you know, got some uh, gameplay elements in. Well, let's just put it in there then. You know, same thing with yeah. the ships. You know, the ships' pipelines are kind of getting nailed down. Like, okay, well, we're well, we got another ship. Put it in. Yeah, put it in. Whatever. What's it do? Three point two. Who cares? I think that's the kind of thing. You know. So I, I think if things get held up, what we see then is just more stuff in the patches. I think as yeah. as as it makes sense. Yeah. So I don't think there's any reason not to say that. Well, I think the only thing left to say is that my body is burning and it starts to shout. Oh my! I got, no, I got nothing on that. Uh, I don't. Also, who is safety what's his dance? Name? And um, <laughs> stop. And also, the Dietrich has posts <laughs> on the forums about the hurricane, and he thinks about things really hard. So go check them out. And a comment that he made to me, which I thought might be uh, uh, interesting to discuss, um, is that the uh, with the hurricane uh, we are getting, or not maybe not discuss, but just you know, sort of comment on briefly, is that with the hurricane we're getting some more uh, revision or retconning of the history around Anvil ships, um, which uh, at this point in the development that doesn't seem like a big issue to me. But I mean, it's worth noting uh, that uh, that as the game is developing, as the mechanics for the game play and the uh, the assets within the game which we are going to be uh, using and playing. Uh, as that develops, uh, so so is the uh, the lore and the the story behind uh, those assets uh, leading up to the point where we are now. So I thought that was kind of an, an interesting. I do thing to wonder. For a second, I do wonder. Uh, I mean, if you played in like the some of the games for uh, the earlier series of of uh, Wing Commander games, there mm-hmm. were a lot of ships to choose and fly from in those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it did surprise me a little bit that the military manufacturers didn't have more ships involved in them. I mean, you look at something a franchise like Star Wars, even by the end of Return of the Jedi, the Rebels had the X-Wing, the A-Wing, Y-Wing, B-Wing, Z-95 Headhunter, the the shuttles. Uh, you know, they had a bunch of fighters that were for very, very specific roles. And I sort of wondered, like, looking at the early development of Star Citizen, it's like we had, like, the Hornet... And not much else at the very at the very earliest stages, mm-hmm. and, I, and I did sort of wonder like, well, where's your where's your your bombing platform? Where's your uh, light attack fighter? Where's the the anti capital ship uh, vehicle? Where's the and, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know, for all the people who exclaim ship sales for ship sales sake and no other, I'm like, well, look at the U.S. military and and, and you know, for all the bluster of of. Uh, you know, Capitol Hill, an F-17, you know, an F-22 cannot do the same kind of bombing role as a uh, uh, an A-10. 
They're just mm -hmm. different aircraft designed for different capabilities. So you need to have that differentiation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think so. As far as the history goes, the lore. Who doesn't like more lore? Uh, well, yeah, you know the lore's in alpha too. Yeah, so I love mean, it. You know, yeah, they want to yeah. change it up. Fantastic! You give me a reason to actually have a ship there. Like it's not just hey, here's a ship. Now it's like, hey, yeah. they were used to fight the Tavarn, and that's the reason they developed. Oh, they didn't get used because, you know, the, the end of the war happened before they really got to be used much. Fantastic bit of bit of lore. Love it. All right. Well, everybody get your pitchforks and go storm the forums and let that Dietrich give him what for. Paging you pitchfork and emporium. <laughs> Do you want two-prong or four-prong pitchforks? Because I'm I, I prefer the European I'm uh, partial to the, to the two-prong myself. Two-prong fork. Two-prong fork. No, 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 no. Is that a song? And speaking of the way so of the confused. cow, Mark. Yes. Let's talk about some Star Citizen Dress Up Academy 2017. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for this. So excited. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Ace and I will go out for sodas. Yeah, to give you guys an idea. I feel like this and sitting are the two things that we're just like, yes. Right, yes. Jimmy and I are so excited about playing dress up. I am a... <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't, if you want to question my masculinity, that's fine. I love me some in-game dress up. There, I will, there is no shame in looking no, good in-game. I will spend all. hours tailoring a look just perfectly. For any given occasion, I like to be. You know, I mean, you, you want to be classy. Sometimes you don't want to be classy. But That's in true. that, there's class. Think about it. But anyway. My cat is purring. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I, if, if the, the amount of hours spent customizing my Spartan and Halo Reach is any indication, I'm right there with you. Exactly. So, anyway, uh, brief rundown in case anyone didn't catch it. This was on ATV last week. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever that would be, uh, three, uh, what was it, like the first or something like that. Um, they had, uh, they gave a whole, first off, everyone needs to watch it. The second half of that show was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, the first half was pretty good too, don't get me wrong, but second half was amazing. Uh, they talked about uh, basically how they do the different um, gear, I guess, on the characters, uh, clothing, uh, armor, weapons, gadgets, things like that, how they're going about doing it, uh, what that means, how they're how they're making it so that uh, it doesn't use up a bunch of resources, um, all kinds of stuff like that. But on top of that was how they're, the important stuff I should say was in terms of the ability to customize. Uh, we're talking about just the clothing, and whatnot, even your character, not even your character. Right. Um, you know, in that you can add, you know, pants. You can have a shirt in those pants. On top of that, you can have your own boots on the pants or shoes or whatever, and they'll all look good and, and function together. And you can also put a jacket over it. You can have a zip jacket, an open jacket. You can have no shirt underneath your jacket. A lot of that stuff is kind of fudged in games. They're doing it for realsies. So, you know, and the collision detections and all those types of things like that and how they're culling things to make it uh, all fit good and look okay. Uh, they mm -hmm. went in depth there, but without getting too technical. What it amounts to is really a fantastic amount of customization. Uh, then on top of that, so there, there's the, the the style portion, okay. Then on top of that, you also have armors, and they're doing those things with having a bodysuit, right? Is your base armor thing? I'm sure you can change the bodysuit, have different kinds of things. On top of that, you can then place pieces of armor. Uh, you can mix and match. You can do all kinds of stuff, and they've got different kind of metrics to make sure that things fit together kind of right. Um, they go into all kinds of detail there. But the other thing, too, is, is they have all these attachment points, which you can actually attach stuff to, uh, depending on what you want on there. You can attach different things. Um, so it, 
in terms of uh, taking a step back, so you have your stylish points, and then you actually have some really, really interesting tactical decisions to make then when you're actually doing that type of stuff. Uh, if you're a pilot, not as much, but still some. Um, and for those of us that plan on doing more FPSing or uh, not flying stuff because we really just, let's be honest, we just suck at it. Um, <laughs> if you suck at everything. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> real, real trouble. Uh, I guess I'll just talk my way out of stuff. Um, the, the key is, though, is with those types of things, it gives you a really, uh, it should be really, really interesting to really kit out for a specific role. Uh, to really make yourself, you know, or for a specific mission, and more importantly, having multiple people in a fire team or squad or whatever do that, uh, it, kind of to benefit each other. Uh, and then when you add on that, uh, them talking about the um, oxygen, um, you know, depletion and things like that, uh, planning on having oxygen involved in, in stuff, uh, which they talked about briefly. I believe that was in the same episode. I think it was. They were talking about some of their stuff they were doing to uh, to characters to kind of, you know, do that. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe carrying extra oxygen stuff, uh, air oxygen tanks or whatever, you know, in the, in the, in the fire team or squad or, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, things like that add just another kind of, you know, I don't know what you'd call that. Another dimension, uh, layer, layer of layer reason, dimension. Yeah, la- layer of realism. It does. Mm-hmm. And for people like Gleep, Gleep is a fantastic mm-hmm. support role character. Everyone should have Gleep in their squad as a support role. He's the best, At least one. he's the best medic I've ever had. However... <laughs> He's not great at shooting things, but that's okay because he's really. I, I, I shoot my my teammates. Yeah, he well. does shoot his teammates very well. He's good at hitting in a general direction, <laughs> but you know what? He follows you around. He stays behind cover. He's the first man there when someone's down. You know, so that kind of thing. You know, then what he can do is load himself up with things that help people. You know, maybe more oxygen, maybe more med packs, or however they decide to do those things. Things like that. Yeah. So it's not hopefully anyway judging by the attachment points and how they're moving things around that should be very very viable uh which is extremely interesting yeah Um, absolutely to to add value beyond just pew 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 is huge you know um for for gleek to be able to really just fully be involved in a support role in that capacity and the attachment system was incredible i mean it was you know if you if you didn't check out atv you really should there's so many different attachment points to the body armor that it's just it's amazing what you'll be able to do like market said in in regards to customizing uh or tailoring your character to a specific role at any given time yeah, and my- uh, maybe just in terms of customization for customization's sake. One of the things that you like play a game like Skyrim is that the more uh, skeleton attachment points are on the body, the more options for customization and differentiating there are. You know, uh, there are mods out there for Skyrim that purely just add extra attachment points on the skeleton so that you can you can mix and match and build extra things. And I think. Having a character model that has a bunch of extra, you know, these, you can put stuff here and there and there and he, and you know, uh, you can have a character who is wearing the same base body armor as somebody else, but because they have different weapon attachments or they have patches that are different or the color is different, it, you get a, a different sense of that character's history based on what they look like. Yeah, for sure. And that should, uh, that should be very interesting. And on top of that, obviously, then we had the, uh, uh, the actual character customizations they showed very briefly uh, the three lateral guys over at uh, GDC did that um, or at least that's they're also helping um, them do that I believe Chris said that that was actually uh, Star Citizen assets the three lateral was showing in GDC 
uh, and that is is impressive. I mean, did you guys watch that? Literally, you can tailor your oh, yeah. guy by what they were calling using their DNA. Essentially, you have what a finite number of set people, and then what you can do is slide. Basically, you you can select say an eyes, and you say, okay, I like this guy's eyes. Well, then you can use a slider to kind of make your eyes look more or less like him. But there's all kinds of gradations on that, and you have you know say half a dozen a dozen different heads to work from so what it amounted to was them making extremely um customizable features on the faces and whatnot with really blending only you know a very small finite number of heads which is fantastic now i'm not saying that's the the final number but i think it was probably somewhere around a dozen anyway i think uh, um i think they had said that they were starting out with a dozen um and I think ultimately their goal was to have like you know somewhere in it, close to a hundred different yeah. variations that you could tweak. Yeah. So I mean, it's it should be fantastic. And obviously, uh, they showed uh, briefly some uh, some info or, or some uh, hairstyles. Uh, so we saw you know a slew of those um, coloring armor colors you could change. It looks like um, they did show the exploration armor, which looks cool. Uh, yeah, so I think there's uh, quite a bit of tailoring to be done. I no, plan no beards. Didn't see any beards yet. Uh, oh yeah, you know they did mention that beards were an issue because of the clipping with face masks and so forth. So yeah, we're yeah, we'll beard technology. Out. Yeah, beard technology, man. Agreed. Will it, will, will it be beard perfected? Tech. Agreed. But regardless, fantastic. Everyone should watch it. Uh, I will be spending much time in front of the mirror. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so Mark, you're you're on board with uh, creating uh, a virtual you. Ooh, God, do I want a virtual me? Uh, I mean, I do like my style, which is why I do it. So, uh-huh. very very possible. Sometimes I like to break out a little bit, though. It depends. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, but but now this this brings me to my next question. Which, how, how does all of this customization and all of this personal investment in our character, how is that affected by the death mechanic? So, is this, um, or do you want to set up this character with the idea that you know at some point this character is going to die? Ooh. One step at a time, Gleep. Yep, one, one step, step at a time. time. No, 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 no. We're a forward-thinking group here. I think... We have to look into the future! I, I, I think probably what I'll do... Marty, it's your kids! <laughs> I think probably what I will do is probably make a guy that looks pretty much like me. Mm-hmm. And then I'll probably make a chick. And I'll play the female mm-hmm. character. And then I'll probably make another mm-hmm. guy that looks somewhat like me, only probably, you know, either grossly scarred or something completely weird, different, you know what I mean? And then I'll mm-hmm. probably go back to making some kind of female character that has something else. Then, then by that time, I'll be making an alien. You know, just to mix it up some. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't like... You're you going to have a storyline for your, um, your inheritors? Nope. Nope. The ladies and all of my family are upstanding citizens. The men are terrible, terrible scallywags. So there you go. Yeah, I. That way you just go back and forth. It's funny. I really don't care about my background, which is saying something because I love me some lores. But yeah, no, I don't really care. I'm gonna walk in there. I'm gonna see how I kind of want to play, and I'm just gonna do it. And uh, okay. it's gonna be a blank right. slate. I, um, for me, it just ratchets up uh, the uh, tension in regards to not dying. I mean, you know, the thing is, yeah. you're going yeah. to be able to quote unquote die uh, uh, quite a few times. There's no, there's no set number yet, but they're going to allow you to die a number of times and come back. Um, I am hoping to milk that for all it's worth. Uh, my, you know, ultimately, my goal is to stay alive. You know, um, mm-hmm. and and not die, and not have that counter tick down, and you know, hopefully after you know three, four, five years, you know, I'll have died maybe 
you know a half dozen times and still have X number of lives left. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's I would. And the thing is, if if you know if you reach that cap and I die, I'll roll another character. It's not the end of the world. Um, but I like the fact that it adds a certain level of I really do not want to die in this game. Oh yeah, I completely yes. agree with that. Just, now, will you will you make the same character over and over again? Probably, because I'm a narcissist. We well, all know this. At least you know it. I guess that counts for something. Well, like, you know, Gleep. What's my yes. char- what's my character look like in uh, GTA? Exactly like you in real person. There you go. Life stuff, and it, it's and it well, it's set in Southern California, so stands to reason. Exactly. And if I can find, if I can unlock a Mini Cooper, that will be my four person car. <laughs> so Jimmy, is that is that a case of narcissism plus turd? Is it narcissism or is it just plain lack of imagination? Um, I, I mean, I like to joke that it's narcissism. <laughs> like but literally, the thing all is, I can do is think of making myself. So I put a mirror up there and I just do that because I just I cannot, like I like the idea of having a virtual me in in the universe that I'm playing. Oh, so completely. That's, yeah, that's I, yeah, that's that's the big catalyst. Why I know, like you, I like that. I think that's fun. You know, I make I fun of you for that. Has it wait, real quick? Has anyone taken headshots of themselves and then looked on their phone and then tried to make a character on a character that had stuff? Because I've done that. Did four? Oh God, no! Four, no, yep, no, side, no, side, no, 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 no. Front, yep. And then I went there and I tried to do. I, I can actually get pretty damn good. My uh, my Metal Gear Solid guy, or Metal Gear uh, what Solid? Uh, the oh, last mine. one, uh, whatever it was, Phantom Pain. Uh, giving you play the whole game as Snake, and at the very end you get to have your guy. And my guy looked. I mean, damn close to me. I was really proud of myself. It was a little, little creepy. It actually looked at me. It looked like uh, when I was in the Marines. It pretty much looked exactly like that. So you yeah, want me to create I a guy I do that. Yeah. that wears glasses, is kind of scruffly, kind of balding at the top, though, with sort of like the tonsure around the sides in a video game? Yep. What do you mean? Ki- that is not mean, a power fantasy. What do you mean, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> That is not a power <laughs> fantasy. Oh, I would never want to take a picture of myself and be like, yes, yeah. let's stare at this for an hour and a half and see if I can recreate it in a video game. Oh, That's but, a great idea. But why, you can, you can always, you know, uh, what, what's the really stopping The self-loathing is very strong. If you just, if you just, you know, if it's the hair thing, just shave it, man. Right? Go bald. Just go, go whole Agent 47. There ain't nothing wrong with all that. All the way. There's nothing wrong with that. I have done that before. The problem is, is that when it grows back, it grows in very uncomfortably. Well, you don't let it grow back. And so, like, I put on, like, a hat, and it's just, like, it's just, yeah, it's, you, it does not feel good. You bick that thing once a week. Whoops, hit my mic. You bick that thing once a me- week. <laughs> yeah, that's all you do. Yeah. So you gotta do. Also, his also he's ready to win. Unfortunately for this plan, the wife does like to run her fingers through what little hair I do have. <laughs> <laughs> so she likes to run her fingers through the back of your neck? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. So, 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 if I lost all of it, she'd be like, "I just don't know. It's just not the same anymore." Hmm. Well, you know what? Let's be honest. We do have to take their opinions into account. Oh, it's true. Uh, yes. I guess. Yeah. And what is wrong with another sin? Exactly. Very confused here. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, I I think it's uh, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, the stuff that was shown to us and the, the prospects for that aspect of gameplay in our future. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, Mark, real quickly, do you want to uh, talk a bit about some of the AMD Ryzen excitement? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll do this really quick. Uh, essentially, AMD came out with a new processor last week ish. Yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, well, yeah, last week. Uh, lots of mixed reviews. 
lots of weird things happen at the very beginning, lots of hardware issues. Uh, it's a new thing come out. I mean, they haven't made a new processor in six years, so no one's coding for it. What it amounts to, um, decent processor. If you're mul- Everyone agrees, if you're multitasking, doing something other than just gaming, mm-hmm. well worth it, especially for streamers, video encoders, anything like that. Beating the pants off of anything Intel has at the same price point, uh, and lots of times regardless. Uh, if you're gaming, it does well. Not the best, but it holds its own. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the market for um, for a new processor, and you know, or for a new build, uh, consider it. However, mm-hmm. if you don't want a beta test, don't get it now. Wait yourself. Through. I understand that that, that Intel is is readying um, a, a counter proposal. Uh, you know, Intel, well, they always do. So it's kind of whatever, mm-hmm. you know, as far as that goes. Um, mm-hmm. um, I won't get into the slinging the mud stuff. It'd be kind of a go back and forth between people. But essentially what it amounts to is just, you know, unless you want to be one of the early adopter types where you know there's going to be some right. growing pains, right. just wait a little bit. There are other processors coming out. Um, you know, give it a month. See how you like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then you get a good feel for everybody. That that or right, everything that right. pretty much covers it. Uh, incidentally, mine got delayed. I ended up actually having to get a friend who lives five minutes from a micro center to buy it uh-huh. for me and then ship it to me, who is getting there tomorrow, um, because my back my Amazon order that I ordered three seconds after it came online on Amazon on the twenty second, uh, they did not get their shipments or whatever, and now like tons of people are back ordered. So yeah, I gave yeah. up on that. Got it at micro center. You know, I heard uh, give a little shout out to Board Gamer uh, from the Redacted podcast and YouTube. He had a, a really good bit of advice for around this new tech. They, they talk about that uh, fairly uh, regularly on their show. And what he says, uh, or he recommends to folks, is wait until you see some reviews from uh, from people who have gone ahead and, and purchased it and tried it out, uh, instead of just people that you know, professionals that are benchmarking or stats that are coming from the company itself. So as soon as you know, regular players like like uh, like us uh, post their reviews on on YouTube, uh, then then you're gonna you're gonna get uh, you know a different perspective that will you know maybe maybe uh, change your mind. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no harm in waiting uh, unless mm-hmm. you just really want to be an early adopter like me. Ma- mainly the reason I got it, I just really want to support competition. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we've been so lacking in competition lately that this could really be. This is really, really important to just have that ability. Uh, I mean, right? I mean, as soon right. as they announced it, Intel dropped you know processor prices hundreds of dollars. That's huge, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. And so that that is that is good. Yep. And um, and for but you know it's that's that's because you're you're an early adopter and, and you this that's part of your hobby. But if you know if you're looking to build a new system for yourself and all you want to do is have a really good computer for the least amount of money and the least amount of hassle possible, uh, then, you know, hang on. Yep, wait a little bit. It's not, the, the, there could be some very, very good options, um, some mm-hmm. very cheap options it looks like that may work out very, very well and make it really worth your dollar, but uh, let's, let's just wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think it's good. To, good thinking there. All right, well, um, so, and we'll talk about uh, Blackguard next time, you think? Sure, yeah, no problem. All right, okay. Uh, very good. So uh, we had, uh, uh, in addition to the um, uh, the uh, what we've discussed about the character customization, we also uh, had the in the ATV they discussed the uh, Spectrum and LA Studio update. That was, I guess, actually the week before. And then the town hall that we talked about, a, a really interesting uh, listen. Uh, they were discussing flight balance. So uh, would encourage folks to go check that out um, if they're interested in flight balance. 
Um, and then the happy hours. They had a couple of really interesting happy hours uh, the last uh, few weeks. They had, um, on the 24th of last month, they had, a, essentially they created a flying spider. Um, they, they did um, a, a concept asset uh, over the course of the hour. Um, and I forget the guy who's the, the developer uh, that was, um, was doing it. You know, I could click on my own link. Uh, Herman? No. What was the last name? Josh Herman. Herman. Yes, Josh Herman did it, and uh, it was it was it was really fun. Um, and they they did uh, this is the first time that they've done this sort of thing, and they did a, a poll, a live poll in in chat, uh, where they asked people. So um, I guess they had posted some options ahead of time, and Spider was what won. And then once they got the show going, then they said, okay, do you want this to be a peaceful spider? Do you want it to be aggressive? Uh, do you want it to be a uh, predator or prey? And there were a couple of other parameters that they allowed people to vote it on. And, you know, uh, I was kind of uh, with Disco on this. Disco was saying, well, hey, why don't we try a peaceful spider that is prey instead of predator? You know, basically, let's make My Little Pony, because wouldn't that be fun and different? <laughs> But no, they wanted basically an atomic spider that could destroy entire cities. So, well, yeah. Yeah. And it also had nine legs, which I thought was interesting. So I was listening this morning to uh, Late Night Vacuum. The, uh, a bunch of uh, new episodes hit my uh, my iTunes uh, this morning. And uh, uh, they uh, they were describing the creature that was created as Spider-Dong, which made me laugh so, so hard I had coffee come out my nose. Yeah, it's wow. true. It, it, well, it turns out... It turns into spider dung. Spider dung does whatever a spider dung does. In case you're just wondering, welcome to GWS, a podcast about Star Citizen. Yes. It's so true, though. So, that one, all that one so screenshot. Sh- what an unfortunate shout out to those guys. Yeah. Very unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate. Or fortunate, depending on on how old you are. Which, in my it's case, twelve. Yes. Twelve. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's just avoid puberty. All right, and um, then on the most recent uh, happy hour, uh, it was it was another total totally different thing. I like that they're stepping out and trying different stuff. I don't think that everything that they're doing is, is necessarily going to hit and stick, but it is nice that they are giving some different things a try. Uh, ben uh, and uh, Jared did a uh, discussion or sort of an expose on games developed by Chris Roberts prior to Wing Commander. A Christery, uh, as it were? A, a Chris, pre-Christery. Um, is how they they were uh, were uh, uh, framing it, and it was it was interesting. It starts off with uh, him uh, developing games for the BBC Micro uh, when he was 13 years old, and that was back in the days where when you developed a game, basically what you did is you submitted an essay to a magazine, and they would print the code in their magazine, and then you know folks would buy the magazine, go home, and enter it in, into their compiler, and uh, that's that was how games got. Um, uh, traded or disseminated um, but then you know from there he went on and did uh, did some other uh, fantasy games and um, interesting stuff um, God what was the one age of lore I think age of was, lore. was something of lore was something of lore was I guess at the time uh, very groundbreaking in a number of ways and but so it was interesting to I mean, because obviously you know there is no bigger chrysophile in the world than Ben Lesnick and uh, so it's it's interesting to hear him talk about the man and his uh, 
his uh, origins, <laughs> joke intended, and um, the uh, uh, you know just it just goes, serves to further reinforce the notion that we got the right guy at the helm. He knows what he's doing, and uh, he has a lot of experience, you know, developing these sorts of things, both you know small single person projects, um, uh, you know, up through to the uh, just the ginormity of the uh, project that uh, is Star Citizen. So. Uh, you know, cool stuff, cool stuff, and of course Ben and and uh, Disco together are hilarious. Are the hijink is the hijink quotient uh, through the roof? Uh, there, there were there were puns, there were puns, puns were had. It's a buddy comedy. Puns were made. I, I still want Bender and um, uh, Pappy. Uh, I want that's that's my my dream. Uh, Ooh, buddy that'd comedy. be a good that'd be a good one. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe, maybe Disco and uh, and Ben doing a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I, I, I can see. I can see Disco as the uh, as the Michael King character. Who is the Rupert? Well, that that would be Ben. Cork on the fork. Cork on the fork. <laughs> oh, what a great movie! <laughs> Rupert. All right. So, well, guys, you got anything else? I'm good. I think we're good. All right. Okay. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> it's time to go to Engine. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's enjin.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc, where you can find rebroadcasts of our shows throughout the week. Check out the new INN. It can be found at imperialnews.network. The wolf is hungry. He runs the show. You can reach the podcast. Our email address is comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertsspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. Or you can go to our Spectrum page, which is robertsspaceindustries.com slash spectrum slash community slash versecast. Um, you still have to go to the former, not the latter, the former, the first one I said. You have to go there to join the organization. I'm assuming they'll add that functionality to Spectrum sometime soon. So looking forward to that. Um, on Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Mrs. Turd, if you're still listening to this, blink three times and we will alert the authorities. My name is Gleep. All my contact information is in the show notes, Jimmy. You can find me most chatty on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can also uh, check me out every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST on the base, uh, Star Citizen, the base radio, doing my show uh, Quantum Drive, a mix of Star Citizen lore, stories, and cool music. Ace? Yay. My name is Ace Azamine. You can find all my contact information in the show notes. Um, I am slowly returning to the team speak and uh, and and saying hello. hello. Um, hello. One of these days, hello. one of these days, Leap will will do me the honor of saying good night, Gracie. But I, you know, until it happens, I just said I guess. Oh, I you didn't listen to last week's show, did you? He no, I didn't. It. Oh, did true. I miss it? Womp, womp. Whoa! All right, Homer. <laughs> Yeah, no, let's, let's style that down from a 12 to about an 8. <laughs> about, a, about a something of a single digit. Holy mackerel. Uh, I'm just going to step outside the room, Mark. It's up to you. 
Well, I'm Mark MadCow. You can reach me at MadCow1001 at gmail.com or Mark at VerseCast.org. You can also find me on anything else that I happen to be on at the time. Uh, probably playing a lot of Ghost Recon Wildlands. So if you have my info, look for me there. If you don't, that means I don't like you. So uh, no, no offense. No, honestly. If you find me on something, by all means, uh, invite me along. I'll happily come along. Uh, regardless, guys, um, I want you to go ahead and turn your podcast over on the back and you'll see the code there for Porridge of Lore. Go ahead and put that into your BBC Micro right now and enjoy a fantastic tribute to a Chris Roberts original where you take porridge (laughs) to various (laughs) various villages throughout a wild and wondrous land fighting ogres, okras. Ogres? Ogres. Ogres? Ogres. Fighting ogres, huh? Ogres and lamb pies for your place as the porridge master. Is this like burger time? <laughs> it's like burger time. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, the night is calling. I have to go. So until next time, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. Bye. I refuse to say goodbye. Mark, you were going to you were gonna steal that this time. I was going to steal. I even, I even left a little window in there. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy's a silly guy. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to steal it. I, I even left, I even left a slight pause. Just a, slight, uh, just, just a little. He literally left the door open for you. <laughs>